I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you. The triumphant trio returns once again for another episode of the Steelers preview. Joining me is not Ben Roethlisberger. That's Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? How's it going, Jeff? It's good on this end. Are you good there? Everything good? Everyone healthy? Yes, absolutely. And joining us below on the little Brady Bunch square is Brian Anthony Davis. That's not Ben Roethlisberger. That's Brian Anthony Davis. How's it going, Brian? I am happy as a clam on Tuesday. There you go. And I am not Ben Roethlisberger. I am Jeff Hartman, as I stated earlier. And yes, we are all wearing our Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. Um, and we're doing that intentionally. It has to do with the headline and the appreciation for number seven. We'll talk about that in a second. little tease there for you. We've got an action-packed show today. Action-packed show. I hope you all are buckled up, ready to go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be funny. And then make sure you join us for the after party shortly after this one. So let's get things started with Kevin Colbert met with several members of the media today. And he gave a lot of just like Art Rooney II did a few weeks ago. There's one thing I want to talk about to kick off the show. He made a comment, Kevin Colbert. He said that he is more confident and that might not be the exact word that he used. Dave, you have to correct me. He's more confident in this team heading into 2020 than he was in 2019, coming off a 9-6-1 and season. And guys, we know what's going on with this team. We know the giant elephant in the room, and it's the jersey we're all wearing, right? Absolutely. Is this just, is this just nothing but him blowing smoke? Or do you guys buy into this and think, you know what? You should be more excited for 2020 than you were 2019. Brian, we'll start with you. You know, I think it's a little bit of smoke, and the reason I'm saying that is, you know, look, you know, you've got to say that you're excited about uh, 2019 went bad, so of course you could say I've you get that easily now that oh yeah, I'm more excited about this season because you're selling the upcoming upcoming season. No GM's going to say, you know what, I was more confident coming into the last season than I am this season. Um, this season might suck, folks. No, <laughs> you don't want to. I don't want to hear the captain of the ship saying that. So um, yeah, I kind of think it's a little bit of smoke, but I always say this with management. They know something that we don't because they're the ones putting the ingredients in the stew. Good point. Dave, what about you? What are your thoughts on the comments? I think the heart of the comment came to what is the focus and the strength of this team. And when you're talking about the strength of the team going into last year, being, being the offense, but then you had lost some key pieces and then you lost Ben Roethlisberger on top of that, that I I would see why you didn't, how you didn't know because you had your strength and you had lost a couple of your better players this year, going into this year, your strength is your defense. And with the only question mark right now being Bud Dupree and Javon Hargrave, if they can keep either one of those, I I feel that there's a reason to be more confident this year than last year, because last year the question would be how was Ben without 
gummy Richards and things like that. <laughs> Sorry, you, you made me That's say true. it. Um, so there was question marks going into it because that was the strength of your team and how would your strength respond? Now you have a new strength and it looks like you're going to re- maintain most of that strength. So I understand why he's confident. Well, he went into a little bit of specifics after he made that comment and he mentioned one thing, defense the way the defense was playing at the end of the season, the way the defense played really once they acquired Mika Fitzpatrick, he said, with this defense, I feel like we can contend. And he spoke about how he was just disappointed. They didn't even make the playoffs. He said, because, you know, our goal obviously is Mike Tomlin says, as our Rooney says, as he says over and over again, is to win championships. He said, and if you don't even get to the dance, that's a problem. And so two straight years, the Steelers haven't been in the postseason. He's excited we are all excited. I hope that you all are excited. I'm really a anxiously excited for the 21st of February when Ben Roethlisberger gets his first uh, doctor's appointment out of the way and to see how his arm is. And yeah, and that's and they and Kevin Colbert actually, you know, said that that was the date because a lot of people were saying, "No, oh, that's not true." Ron Cook from the Post Gazette is who broke that news. Maybe it's not that you know, but it's the 21st. And so Ben could start throwing, not a football, but he could start throwing objects um, as soon as maybe the end of the month. And so that would be great news. We'll see how that goes. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger for a little bit, shall we? Last night on The Standard is the Standard, Lance and I were talking about uh, just the quarterback position. Ben gets brought up every show on every single single podcast. Why? He's the, the key cog to this machine in 2020. And if he's back and healthy, then... This team can contend, in my opinion. If he's not, you might expect more 2019 again. We'll put it that way. And Lance is not a big fan of number seven. Anyone that's listened to the show, listen to Lance Williams talk. He's not a fan of his off-field transgressions. He's not a fan of how he can at times throw his teammates under the bus. I said to Lance, I said, think Steeler fans really appreciate what they have in Ben Roethlisberger. Do they really appreciate number seven? And we texted each other as we did our production meeting this morning, as we usually do on Thursdays. And Brian, you brought up a good point about an aging veteran in general. Why don't you go and elaborate on that? Janet Jackson once said it best in her debut single, what have you done for me lately? And so we see this a whole lot of times. I can bring up one guy that that Steeler Nation didn't give him a chance the first season. He was a bust. And at the end of his career, they were ready to ship him out because he's too old. He can't do it anymore. That's Troy Polamalu. If you remember 2003, this guy, he was. they were talking about him like they talked about Jarvis Jones and Artie Burns. Actually, Artie Burns wasn't um, the scourge until uh, season two with Steeler fans. But they weren't sure about this this uh, guy with long hair, that long-haired guy. That's all they'd call him. They couldn't pronounce his name. And they they saw this guy, and they're like, eh, you know, I he just he's not doing anything out there. He's hardly playing. Hey, it was Dick, Dick LeBeau's defense, and what they did was they made sure you learned it and peppered you in here and there. But usually for defenders in Dick LeBeau's defense, it was season two where you would flourish. And season two, he was absolutely amazing in that 2004 season. At the end of his career, everybody that loved Troy, it all started out like this. I love Troy, but... 
And it was, it, you see that with aging veterans all the time. It's time for him to go. That's what, that's not what Brian's saying. That's what everybody says. Uh, excuse me. The majority of people say you, we need a new guy because this guy's too old. He can't do it anymore. So we put these guys out to pasture very easily. And that is kind of what's happening with Ben Roethlisberger right now. I don't think he's appreciated. And I think that's really what we can say about what's going on here right now. Because he wasn't there for this team last year because of his elbow. Now no one thinks he can do it and everybody's ready to move on. They want, I mean, they want Philip Rivers in here. You don't want Philip Rivers in here. No. You need a, a healthy Ben Roethlisberger in here is what you need. Everybody's talking, oh, go get Teddy Bridgewater. One, you don't have the money. And two, you're not going to insult Ben Roethlisberger right now. If you bring anybody in, you bring a competent backup. And you bring somebody in that, that can do something. Um, you're disagreeing with me, Dave? Uh, no, you don't bring in anybody because you've you've a lot. You've, you're spending too much money on the position right now anyway. Yeah. I, I, if you I want to spend money, spend it somewhere else. I, I'm not saying you yeah. bring somebody in if you're going to yes. bring somebody in. So um, what I'm saying is, so if you're going to bring somebody in, you bring a backup, somebody that could spell him when he's gone. But you're probably, like Dave says, you're probably not going to do that now. This is Ben Roethlisberger's team. That's the reason that uh, Randy Land is here. That's the reason that if you ever see Richard Gummies back here, it's because Ben wants him back. That's the only reason you'll ever see that. Is if Ben decides, that's his team. He makes the decisions when he's here. So with that being said, Ben Roethlisberger is not appreciated right now. And the reason he's not appreciated is because he's not doing anything for you lately. And you don't know what you're going to get in 2020 because it's all ifs and buts, candy and nuts. <laughs> there you go. Dave, what are your thoughts on the appreciation level for number seven from Steeler Nation? Well, bottom line is this. If you have a player on your team that takes up 16.8% of your salary cap, you are going to basically have them be 95% of your offense if they're an offensive player. That's what you have to do. I mean, some people don't like that the offense is so centered around Ben. That's because that's where the, I mean, if that's where you're investing your money, that's what you've got to do. And if you're not going, why would you pay that much money to a player that you're not going to accommodate and set up your offense or set up your team around? End of story. I, I feel Ben is not perfect. He's not a perfect player. He's not a perfect person, especially when we dig into when he, um, you know, the further back you go with him, <laughs> the more the imperfection comes out. That's not the thing. There are teams that would die to have a Ben Roethlisberger over the last 16 years. I mean, look at all the teams that have that have tried and thought they had something and have failed. I mean, we live in an area where we're surrounded by fans of other teams. One of those teams is the Washington Redskins. You don't mean to tell me that the, any Washington Redskins fan says, you all, what do they say to me all the time? You all need to appreciate what you have with Roethlisberger as long as you got it, because we ain't had that for a long time. You know, they thought they had it with RG3. That didn't work out. It's amazing. This doesn't happen all the time, people. And that's the thing. We think because we're the Steelers, we deserve this. Or because we're Steelers fans, we deserve this. They've done a great job assembling this team and 
you've got to roll with Ben Roethlisberger as long as you can roll with Ben Roethlisberger. As long as he's ta- as long as you're having to to pay him to be on the team, he's your guy. And we and when it comes to, to 2020, I put an article out this afternoon that says 2020 is going to be a lot like 2019. It's going to come down to injuries and where the injuries are for the Steelers and how well they can compete because the way everything's set up, you can't go out and get super deep at all these positions just because they're not, they don't have a first round draft pick. They have the 30% rule going on about restructuring and they're up against the cap. So that's just how it is this year. You've got to, you've got to try to at least get your starting group out there and, and pray that your young guys, if they have to be called upon, can step up that the guys that you're not guaranteeing or not banking on this year, the same thing is rolling with Ben Roethlisberger. That's the first time in his year he's been on uh, he in his year first time in his career he's been on the injured reserve. Now all of a sudden Ben is injury prone and we can't count on him and we have to go out and spend money somewhere else for Ben. Let's just you know bottom line is 2020 is the year he's either going to come back and he's going to be the man and we're all going to get behind him again, or he's not, and unfortunately the era is over. It's just how it is. When I think about this question, and I'm a big Ben Roethlisberger fan, I've stated that multiple times. Um, there's a couple things that come to mind. Number one, I think about 2019, and I think about you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Okay, and 2019 should have been an eye-opening experience for Steeler fans, in my opinion. You didn't have number seven, and I see a lot of people in the live chat that are talking about interceptions, interceptions. You know what Ben Roethlisberger typically did, even when he threw some interceptions. He made some really freaking great plays too. And he made some really good throws too. So yeah, he has those duds. And I always point to 2017 week five, Jacksonville, five interceptions. That was hideous. We all remember that game. But a lot of times fans will always point to interceptions. Well, you saw 2019, two guys that threw a lot of interceptions and didn't make those great throws, didn't make those great plays. And look what you got. So if you're going to point to interceptions and interceptions alone, then Ben Roethlisberger is going to be have glaring deficiencies in your eyes. But I want to go a step further. I don't think since one event took place that this fan base has ever truly appreciated and embraced Brent Ben Roethlisberger unless he won a Super Bowl. What event do you guys think that was? Ahead, motorcycle Ron. accident? You got it. That was my vote. You got it. Ever since he wrecked on that motorcycle, because before that... He could walk on water in Pittsburgh and around any Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And so ever since that moment, and because Terry Bradshaw told him to wear a helmet and to ditch the bikes and he didn't listen and he doesn't go on and on. Fans always doubted Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't think that he was everything that he was cracked up to be. Then you get to the off-field transgressions, the accusations. We all know about that. No reason to hash that up again. I just don't think that this fan base, because they saw Tom Brady. They saw Drew Brees. They saw Peyton Manning. Heck, there were times where they saw Philip Rivers and Eli Manning, and they were guessing, well, shoot, this is ridiculous. Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion, is one of the best quarterbacks in his era. I would say he's top five at, at, at least in his era. You know, I don't think people might want to put other – don't – you always want to think about the negative. A lot of people always want to think about the negative, but let's not forget about the games where Ben Roethlisberger literally won the game or played unbelievable. I think about the Thursday night game against Carolina. 
I think about the games against the Indianapolis Colts where he throws six touchdowns. You know, I they have these. I was there. these you have the game against the Green Bay Packers where it was one second left. He Mike Wallace in the corner throws for oh over my. 500 yards. I think it. You have these games, and to me, those games strongly outweigh the. You know, they, they strongly outweigh the bad in terms of the games where he has five interceptions or he throws a costly pick. Every quarterback throws a costly pick. You know, Tom Brady's last throw in New England could have been a pick six in the playoffs. I mean, come on, guys. Appreciate the man for what he can do on the field. That's my th- theory. And I have a good friend of mine who's a Dolphins fan, and he always talked about Dan Marino and how people would say Dan Marino was a jerk off the field. And he always said the same thing. I like him for what he does on the field. I don't root for him as a person off the field. And that's kind of the way I feel about Ben Roethlisberger. But I've always supported Ben because I've always appreciated him. And I saw last year, I think fans should should have seen last year, what this world, in terms of the Steelers and the football team, what it would look like if Ben Roethlisberger weren't on it. And that offense was not pretty. Go ahead, Brian. What would you say Ben's wins against replacement would be if this was baseball? What maybe three oh, against you, against his replacement? Maybe even higher. <laughs> okay, so if you look at two thousand and nineteen, which was just we just witnessed it and we just absorbed it, and we're trying to get over this, they were an eight and eight team with Ben Roethlisberger. It's possibly a twelve and fourteen. That's true, but like I always say, the Miami Dolphins are not trading with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If Ben Roethlisberger right. is still on that team, the, you're that's right. very we true. We would have traded off. We'd have, we would have had a first round pick, but we would not have Minka Fitzpatrick. And I will take Minka Fitzpatrick. I will take a Ben Roethlisberger who might. The question was, how much was he himself those first six quarters that he played? I don't know. I would much rather look at Ben, who's trying to get himself fixed now and coming back for another couple seasons than. Ben Roethlisberger limping along and trying to cover for an arm that may have been dead long before he really hurt it. I do want to say one thing, Ezra Nehemiah, I'll, I'll tell you, you're right. You are, ben is a great fourth quarter quarterback. He is. It's not that he's not a great quarterback in other quarters, but just look at this season. Did we really have any confidence in 2019 that that if the offense had the ball and they needed the score to win that they would get that score i mean the only chance they i mean they didn't even get the opportunities very very often they they had it against the 49ers uh where they actually had the ball and had the lead and then fumbled it away but they did get the ball one more time at the end but couldn't really do anything with it you didn't have that confidence in it but tell you what with number seven under center you sure did not that he had not that he did it every time but you knew it was possible. You knew it was possible. Let me get your guys' thoughts on this. I'll put it up on the screen. Dennis, who's a longtime listener, says, Ben undoubtedly made some, some, he used that word twice intentionally, amazing throws, but they were then, and how many playoffs has he won? Is this what it's come down to? I mean, if you're, if you're talking about his career as a whole, I mean, people, I know that that guy up north who's done a lot of damage to Pittsburgh and done a lot of damage across the NFL regardless of how they did it, but they've done it. Tom Brady is the gold standard. How many other players out there are going to have the, the uh, we'll say the resume of Ben Roethlisberger as a career during his generation? We know Brady. We know Manning, even though Manning 
How many Super Bowls did he win? Two. Okay. Who else? Seriously. Drew Brees only made it to one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's He's been a colossal failure in the playoffs. Failure. Chokes. Choke artist. People don't want to think that because they like Drew Brees. He's a nice guy. He's been a choke artist in the postseason. Who else? Seriously, because I'm, I'm start, starting to get fired up a little bit because Ben Jeff, Ron, go ahead. Go ahead. Ryan. If, if I could me. save me from myself. One, he was 13 and eight in the playoffs. OK, um, that's his overall record in the playoffs. But if you look at the top 10 in passing in the career NFL, Ben Roethlisberger is number eight. Drew Brees is number one, to your point, one ring. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, two rings. Yes. Brett Favre, one ring. Do you consider that his generation? That, Brett Favre, no, but okay. I'm going to get to a point there. Okay. Dan Marino, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, and then Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is most likely going to pass Eli um, Eli Manning, he could, he's 5,000 away from passing Dan Marino. That might be a possibility. When it's all said and done, he could be the number five all-time leader in yardage. If you're looking at Ben Roethlisberger, his generation, you're talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, who's number 10, Aaron Rodgers, who's number 13, and possibly Carson Palmer, who's number 14. Uh, so if you're looking at those guys, besides Tom Brady, you're no you're one not has more re- Super Bowls other than Brady. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, well, Manning has has the two. I mean, so he's tied with Manning. Well, I said no one has more. Yeah, but yeah. here's here's the great stat that we talked about this year in the Super Bowl. First time since 2003 that there was a Super Bowl or an AFC Championship game, excuse me, without Brady. Roethlisberger or Manning. That's that's how many years in a row. That's who rolled the roost that entire time. So if it wasn't, so one of the reasons Ben didn't get six or seven because there was still Brady, and Brady was beating the Steelers defense. There was still Manning. Uh, so it's not head to head with those guys as far as they're not going out and passing against each other. They're the passers on the other side of the ball. They're passing against defenses. And so Ben Roethlisberger is one of the greatest of that generation. If you want to put him at any higher than uh, – if you want to put him any lower than number four, then I'd probably disagree with you. Um, you could put him maybe because you're going to go ahead and put – you're going to put Brady and Manning up there. You could put Ben at number three. Or you, if you want to put Drew Brees because of all the pa- passing yards and the one touchdown, you could. And then Aaron Rodgers has, excuse me, not touchdown, one Super Bowl. And then Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl, and he's uh, he's down on the passing yards, but he could possibly catch Ben. But those are the five guys, and you could put Ben anywhere from three to five. I, again, it's, it comes down to the fact that people are, are Steeler fans that spoiled. 
Are they that spoiled? Yes. They I mean, look, they want to they want to run perfection. out. They 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 want to run out a coach of the year candidate from this year. They a lot of people still want him gone because he's not the guy up north. You know, if we don't have the very best, then we need to move on from what we have. It doesn't matter if we're top five. If we don't have the best, then it's not good enough. Sometimes that gets frustrating. I guess I guess the the, the point of this exercise is. I hope fans, especially after 2019, appreciate Roethlisberger. If he can come back healthy and he's deemed to be ready to go, you enjoy every second of him playing. You can squabble about bad interceptions. We'll all do that. Every one of us on this show and everyone on our platform will probably do that. We're not saying that appreciation equals you don't hold a player accountable for what they do on the field. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying is, for crying out loud, appreciate the fact that you have a franchise quarterback in the waning years of his career, and you need to enjoy it. Justin says, I live in Michigan where people cheer for the Lions. I say we're spoiled. <laughs> now you're right. I mean, heck, just go up to Northeast Ohio. I mean, my goodness, people. Yeah. I mean, seriously, appreciate Ben Roethlisberger is what I'm trying to say. You don't have to like him off the field. You can complain about his interceptions, but you know what? You're probably going to be the first people that are sitting there saying, man, I wish we had Ben Roethlisberger back when he retires. And then the cycle starts of what are we going to do now? And what are we going to do? Is it, are we going back into the Tom Zach O'Donnell Stewart eras, Tommy Maddox? Is that what we're going to go back to? Cause if so, I will just take my time with Ben. Please take your time. Enjoy every second. If he plays two more years, enjoy every second of those two years because we all know, those that are old enough, what it's like when they don't have a franchise quarterback. If you want two cliches that are going to sum this quickly, it's the grass is always greener on the other side. And I believe you said it before. You don't don't know what you got until it's gone. Yeah. No, you're right. But we know. We do know what it's like because 2019. So that's what I'm saying. People, open your open your eyes. Open your eyes. Yeah, and this is what I and this is what I don't get, and this is what I don't get. I'm going to put it on the screen because I just have to at this point. In the green TV says Ben has always been overrated. His first Super Bowl numbers with trash were trash. I I don't even know what to say. Don't even know what to say because yes, we all know that he was what was. Let me guess, youngest quarterback to win Super Bowl, also worst passer rating ever for a winning quarterback in the Super Bowl. I believe at least at the time, I think that might have been a statistic. Might not be right, but he wasn't good. He wasn't good, and he'd tell you he wasn't good. And he said that before Super Bowl 43, he wanted to redeem himself because he played so poorly in Super Bowl 40. Bradshaw's numbers, Bradshaw was not great. He was barely good. He was pretty much average in Super Bowl 9, his first Super Bowl win. Franco Harris won that Super Bowl. Ben still made some passes to get them in position to win that Super Bowl, and Ben also took in a touchdown as well, so we forget about that. But what he did in Super Bowl 43 was absolutely amazing. Um, I do have a story, if I could, Jeff, about um, Ben Roethlisberger, and this was a, a friend of mine was friends with Jeremy Kapanos uh, when he was, and this was a situation where Jeremy got called. He was out of football completely and he's working in state college and he would come by my buddy's tailgates at Penn State. So when he got picked up in 2010, my buddy said, hey, I'm going to the Jets game. And this was a December game, Jets game. And he said, well, hey, nobody knows me. I'll just meet you in the parking lot and I'll tailgate with you. So Jeremy comes out and they're just shooting the breeze. 
and he's like, let me tell you a story about Ben that I heard from Sean Sweezum. Because not a lot of people know that Sean Sweezum was with the team back in 2005 in camp. He lost out on the job to Jeff Reed. So what Sweezum would say is this is a completely different Ben Roethlisberger five years later. This is a guy, he's all business now. He's uh, he's taken the knocks. He recognizes that he made mistakes along the way. He was a cocky, brash kid in 2005, and he was insufferable. In 2010, he's great to be around. He is the leader of this team, and and he's a winner. So, I mean, my thoughts about Ben Roethlisberger completely changed, is what Sweezum said, um, from 2005 to 2010. Have you heard anything really anything that you would argue with about his character since everything got cleaned up. I don't want to say cleaned up. Everything ended in Milledgeville after that thing. He grew up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really, uh, I mean, we can, we can remember what somebody did way back when. And you're right. I mean, and we can bring up beloved athletes, um, with that had skeletons in their closet that, uh, are now that now we're talking about how they're they're amazing and they were great human beings and we could talk about that, but we're not doing that with Ben Roethlisberger because um, we're not realizing that hey the guy had a chance to grow up and the guy is playing great football for this team um, and we would not be in this we would this franchise would be nothing without him right now because. Le'Veon Bell didn't save this franchise. Richard Gummies, Gummy Richards, I'm sorry, did not fix this franchise. This guy was the guy who did it. You're right. And so let's, we spent a lot of time on this topic. And okay, right, you know what? Go. Wait, 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 real quick. Go ahead. Ali, look, I mean, I am not condoning anything. And I see what you're saying in the live chat. And what I'm saying is we can we can go offline and talk about this and talk about everything in all the papers, everything in all the reports. So I'm not condoning anything. I'm just saying what he's doing on the field and in the locker room. So everybody wants to bring that up, and I am not going there. All right? So you say let's not go there. Am I in any way condoning anything? No, I'm not. And I'm going to call you out on it if you're going to call me out. All right. No, you're it's justifiable. You know what? This is good. It's a good time. Take a step back. I get heated. <laughs> I get heated talking about Ben too. I understand, Brian. You have every right to say what you said. I think that's we've we've kind of put a bow on this. Dave, you want to say one last thing? Yeah. I, I kept a word I saw with the live chat a couple of times was underperformed. You all don't understand what that means. If you think that the Steelers have underperformed, what that means is going into the season. We all believe that they were a Super Bowl or a team capable of winning the Super Bowl, and they did not. Think about what put us in in that shape to be a team that would even be considered as a possibility to win the Super Bowl. So to say we underperformed because we didn't win the Super Bowl every year or get there or get as far in the playoffs sometimes, that's only because we've had we've had the belief that the team and the players like the we're talking about is good enough in the first place. We got a generous donation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Michael O'Malley puts $10 in the tip jar and says, with some of these comments in the live chat, 
We don't have to ask if we're spoiled. Some sound like spoiled brats tonight. I waited for a long time for Ben. Hell of a ride. And that ride's not over yet, Michael. At least I refuse to admit it is until I see or hear that a doctor states, Ben Roethlisberger, you cannot throw anything anymore. Ride is not over yet. And neither is the show. We're going to move on. We're going to move yes. on to the run, to the running backs. There's been a theme this week throughout all of our podcasts, especially with the Stat Geek. Um, Dave had a special guest on to both of his shows. And no, the special guest was not Big Brother Rich. He's always on. Um, he had one, Cliff Harris is still a punk. That is his author title on Behind the Steel Curtain, although he's recently changed it because somehow he messed up his account. I don't know. He sent me a text really early in the morning. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Anyways... Go back and listen to that. They talked about running backs. Should this team, the Steelers offense, look for be a running back by committee in 2020, or should they still look for that one that one running back that's like their guy? Yeah, that's what they always have done under Mike Tomlin, and that was some good discussion. But we're going to talk about the running backs in general. Dave, do you have the 91-91 man offseason roster in terms of the running backs? Yeah, I don't know if they're actually at that number or not right now. Um, they still, I, don't, I still don't think they can go over ninety-one. No, players. no, they, no, they can't. But I, I don't know if they're really at, at or not. They're probably and, not at ninety-one. And yes, and once again, I don't have it in front of me. I have it in my brain. Ooh, okay. So Here we go. now, if if we're, are we including fullback in this in this discussion? No, no one cares okay. about fullback. We're just saying that would be an eighth player, which would have, which would be Roosevelt next. Are you ready for the seven players? Let's go. Okay, we have James Conner. Yes. We have Benny Snell Jr. Mm-hmm. We have Kareth White. We yep. have Trey Edmonds. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have Frank <laughs> Frank, yes. You should have saved him for last. How did you not save him for last? <laughs> Just because I started laughing. We have um well, we we have Darren Hall. Oh, very. You missed one. Did I? Did, did you say I, Jay Samuels? Did oh, I? Miss oh, two? did I skip over him in the depth chart in my brain? You yeah. did. So sorry. Well, I said seven, so I I must have counted wrong. My fingers. So we'll start over. James Connor, Benny Snell Jr., Jalen Samuels, Kareth White Jr., Trey Edmonds, Ralph Webb. You're welcome, Brian. And Thank you. and and Darren Hall. Here's I have a question for Brian Anthony Davis right now, and it 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 has to do with his idol, which is Frank Webb. Is Frank wearing the same jersey number, or did he have to change? Do you know? Have you checked? The last I saw last year, he's wearing forty. So right. I don't Does think he, he still have forty. I'm not sure what it, the. I'll check. If not, you have to do some explaining when you wear your web jersey to Heinz Field next year, and they're like, "Well, he's not forty anymore." <laughs> and then you'll respond with, "He's not even on the team." But <laughs> well, when I wear my number six Hodge jer- Hodge's jersey, um, oh, those purchases. Okay, yeah. let's talk about the running backs for a little bit now, Dave. Real quick, uh, I listened to you. I, I haven't gotten through all of the Q and A yet, but I had did listen to the Stat Geek. It seemed to me that Cliff Harris is still a punk, and you all on the show kind of agreed that running back by committee should be the team's best approach, considering the contracts that all those players are currently on, meaning they're cheap. Also, the fact that the Steelers don't have salary cap space to bring in a veteran. Brian Anthony Davis ran the free agent running backs today, and I was looking at the list thinking they can't afford any of these guys. <laughs> um, so that's that's not really an option. And yeah, you could draft a guy, but how often are you going to draft a guy in the second round that is the guy right out of college? 
Because let's remember, Le'Veon Bell wasn't the guy as a rookie. And he was hurt, but he still wasn't the guy. He wasn't Le'Veon Bell until 2014, in my opinion, when it comes to what everyone thinks of. So, Dave, go ahead and spit some knowledge at us about the running backs and what you all kind of deciphered this week, and we'll get the discussion going. All right. Well, first, I want to answer your question, and Reed also put it in the live chat after I just just checked it, and that is one Ralph Webb is currently listed ah, number 42. Good, your jersey. Sutton Smith. 42. Sutton Chris number. So <laughs> – that's that's what he says now, but he's not the only one listed as that, which is I find interesting. So the whole running back by committee approach is saying based on based on who you got, and as much as the Steelers would like to 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 have one running back that they ride off into the sunset with, it hasn't been working. It hasn't been working. When it comes to James Conner, he hasn't shown the durability. And it's not just about protecting James Conner. It's just if you have this stable of running backs, it just makes sense. You know, if you have red paint, you paint your barn red. If you've got a, a, a number of decent running backs, split it up, run them, because that's what you have. Now, some people feel that the Steelers should go out and in their top draft pick, get the best running back that's out there because we need that one guy that we're going to run the wheels off of. I In the article I put out today, running back is, believe it or not, one of our better depth pieces. You might not like what we have at the top, but when you want to talk about what you have across the board, it's one of the best depth pieces that we have on this team. We have holes in a lot of other places that do we really need to go out and rather than take this approach, get that one guy? Or should we say... Maybe that's not what we need for 2020. Personally, I don't think I don't know that they'll do it that way. But with the running backs that they have, I think they are suited to split up their carries better in 2020. What about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on just the running backs in general? Well, a lot of it hinges on how healthy is James Conner. But if you want to go by the running back um, by committee. That's, I mean, you need to be committed to that from the beginning. And maybe that might be a thing that you look at at the beginning by saying, all right, we're going to have all these guys taking RB1 reps. Because if something happens that James Conner goes down, then we're just throwing one of these guys in. So you have to have it clearly defined who you want to be there. Dave, you're absolutely correct. Their depth is not that bad. But Everybody wants an RB1. They want, I mean, we remember the days of Franco Harris and Le'Veon Bell and Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker when there was a defined RB1. So that's what people want. But we saw teams like the 49ers and the Eagles, uh, teams that were able to rely on that committee and how it worked. You have some good committee guys here because Kareth White, could be number three in that committee and he could be your speed guy. Uh, they had that guy. I mean, San Francisco had a guy like that. You could have uh, Benny Snell be more of your bruiser and James Conner be your first look guy, but you bring them all in, in a rotation. And one of those guys does get injured. Then you're, you're able to fill those holes a whole lot better, but those are your top three running backs. Do you really need to bring somebody in? I think you need to bring people in in other positions. So that's that's probably when Dave says that's a depth, that's one of your better depth positions, he's absolutely correct. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like Dave said, though. I mean, in terms of it's a deep position compared to other positions. I, I'm not crazy about the depth. Let me ask you all this. On a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being no confidence at all, 10 being I have a ridiculous amount of confidence, I'm supreme confidence. What's your confidence level for Benny Snow Jr. going into 2020, Dave? Oh, that's a, for Benny Snell Jr. I'm I'm going to give him a, a seven. Wow. I, yeah, honestly, I liked what I saw out of, out of Benny Snell. I felt that he had more jets than what Lance Williams gave him credit for. And I know Lance is sitting here chiming in the live chat. And I do believe that like every other NFL player, that especially with the Steelers, you're going to see them be in more NFL conditioning for their second year in the league. I think that you could see the change in him. I think we saw it in Le'Veon Bell. I think we've seen it in a lot of a lot of different players with the Steelers that they come in in that second year um, with a slightly different body type in order to do the things that they couldn't do the year before. And if and if Snell couldn't get the corner in the past, maybe he's closer to being able to, to get to the edge this year. So I actually, I have a, I'm the more... I'm the most optimistic for Snell out of anybody in the group. Uh, what about you, Brian? In your confidence scale for Benny Snell? I'd probably go seven as well. One thing that he does better than I've seen a Steeler running back, you know, besides Le'Veon Bell in a long time, is get better as the game gets older. So, I mean, in the fourth quarter when he was running well, I mean, he ran better in the fourth quarter than any other quarter this season. So that's uh, that reminds me of how Bell used to do. Uh, you used to see that with Jerome Bettis. I mean, those defenses were getting tired, and he's running over you more. And I'm not saying Benny Snell Jr. is Jerome Bettis by any stretch of the imagination, but what I'm saying is that he he can he could really run over you when your defense is getting winded. If I'm asking myself this question. I'm going to go with a five and that's just my confidence level right now. I haven't wow, seen that's enough. lower than what Lance said. Lance said six. I know. And then, <laughs> yeah. And he's the one that dubbed him Benny no jets. Um, the thing is for me is that the one aspect of Snell's game, he, his vision is one thing that really kind of strikes me. It did improve at the end of the season. I'm sure that he gets more cohesion with the offensive line. He'll be that, that will get better and better and better. But at the same time, He's got to improve, and Lance says it all the time, lateral speed, lateral quickness. That's what you need in the National Football League because the hole's not always going to be there, and you can't just run into the back of your lineman every single time if the hole's not there. Can he improve? Absolutely. Will my confidence go up if I see a little bit better Benny Snell in 2020? Yes. But as of right now, I'm not so sure it's going to happen players dropping that weight and getting in that shape is not always a given. You know, and so if he struggles in that area or if if he loses the weight and loses some power, loses some strength, that's something you have to think about as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that is. But I'm going to go with a five. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say just to remind people, in case you didn't catch uh, the Stat Geek show, I'm going to throw out a couple of the numbers from it. And this is teams got to remember running backs don't play all year. They generally don't. Out of the 32 teams in the NFL. The leading rusher for each team, only 12 out of the 32, did they play all 16 games? 
Only 12 out of the 32 teams. And out of those 12, at least three, depending on how you classify them, at least three of those teams were running back by committee teams. But whoever had the most yards out of them were still didn't play in all 16 games. So it's what happens. I just Out of the top 15, uh, there were 15 rushers that rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. Only seven of them played in every game. So less than half out of all the, out of the 46 running backs that rushed for 400 yards or more last year, only 19 of them played in every game. So less than half bottom line is running backs are gonna, are gonna miss time. It's that's just what happens. It's, it's the more wear and tear on that position than probably any other position in the NFL. Which is why I asked you all your confidence in Benny Snell, because in my opinion, he would be on deck to use a baseball term. Yeah. James Conner goes down. Who's on deck? Here comes Benny Snell Jr. And if you don't have confidence in him, that's a problem. Because I think we'll all agree that Jalen Samuels or Kareth White are not every down backs. They are situational players that can be used in specific spots, in specific formations to maximize matchups. That's the way I view them. Benny Snell's a different breed. I think he's one that could carry the load if he can prove that he's capable. So we'll see. We will see. And May I like, ask? Like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you're talking about confidence level here, um, and I really want to hear your opinion on this, both of you. If Ben Roethlisberger comes back healthy, does your confidence in the running game rise? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It may, maybe a little bit, but not much, because Ben's not a guy that's going to want to commit to the run. He's going to want to throw the ball. He's going to want to chuck it. Can I give a Dave answer? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, here we go. No, it's not on the fence. <laughs> but I think you guys, I think you guys are going to agree with this. My confidence in them running the ball more goes down. My confidence in them being able to run the ball better goes up. Because I, I think they'll I do it. 2018. Yes, they'll they'll run it more effectively when they do because of the Ben Roethlisberger factor and having to respect the passing game. But because of Ben Roethlisberger, I don't feel that they I feel that they won't run it as often. That's what I was looking for, Dave. Absolutely. Okay. That's so, Jeff. I, I disagree with you, Dave. I agree with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's get I have, some trivia yeah let's get some trivia yeah let's do it i've got I, running I back have, trivia so i do too i, I looked yeah. up some well look all at right. us oh look come on us right now no, we're we're think, could, yeah. we, could we, we all run all... can we take a break real quick and go get our running back jerseys on <laughs> i don't have them i only have seven jerseys and a two and a two and a two yeah i do two you yeah. do have a two yeah, I mean, they, yeah. you must have like a great family member or someone that really loves you, Jeff, that got you that. <laughs> that really hates um, me, one or the other. <laughs> Thaddeus, yeah. Thaddeus wanted to know real quick about the stat that I gave about the thousand yard rushers. How many of them were sitting week 17? There's, I would say, one half because the only one that I, I know for sure that sat week 17 was Mark Ingram. And I do believe even if they were having to win that game because of his calf injury, he wouldn't have played anyway. So I don't, yeah. I don't think he was a full out sitting just for rest. I don't, cause he was barely yeah. able to go in that yeah. playoff game anyway. So other You're than right. that, there wasn't any other ones. Right, do, I want to do my trivia first because you guys are going to know the answer to this probably because you were looking up other stuff. Okay. But I'm going to say this. We're looking at running backs in all time Steeler history, going all the way back to 1933, but trust me, we're not going back that far. So we're looking at, tailbacks, 
halfbacks, fullbacks, running backs, all those things combined together. Mm -hmm. The Steelers have 10 of them that have played in a hundred or more games as a Steeler. 10 players that played the running back position that played in a hundred or more games as a Steeler. Only one player has played as a Steeler, the running back position in this millennium for a hundred games, meaning since the year 2000. Do you all know what player for the Pittsburgh Steelers has played in a hundred or more games since the year 2000 and at the running back position? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So this is all these games are with Pittsburgh. Every game is with Pittsburgh. Since I'm going to say, I think I got it. Go ahead, Brian. Number 35 from New Hampshire, Dan Kreider. That would be correct. Ah, <laughs> Good for you. That would be technically fullback. But like I said, yeah. I, I grouped them all together. So you threw that, you threw that out there. That kind of tipped it. Yeah. That's you know, the, well, really, I would have never got it if you didn't. But if I didn't do that, you guys would have, and I would have said it was, Oh, that doesn't count. You're throwing fullback into it. So I listen, Dave, we can complain about whatever we want when you're throwing out crazy <laughs> trivia. Stop but it. No, I thought Stop. that, well, here was Dan Kreider. He played in, let's see what, um, well, 113 games. I didn't put much into starts because that all depends on what formation they start in, whether the fullback or even, I mean, there was games where Le'Veon Bell was the feature back, but he didn't start because they started in five wide. Okay. Um, he only had four touchdowns. He had two rushing and two receiving, and he had more than twice as many receiving yards than rushing yards in his career. But uh, the the only person who was anywhere close to that number was someone who was over a hundred games as a Steeler, but didn't have that many games after the year 2000. And that was uh, Jerome Bettis had 80, 83 since 2000, but with the Steelers and all, he was in second place with 145. All right. Is that your only trivia question? Yeah, I was a okay, one, no, one no, trivia no. question, a whole bunch of knowledge. <laughs> Very good. I'm going to go next, Brian, not to okay, steal okay. your thunder. Got a couple questions. One's a little bit more stats and info. I found something. I was like, wow, I never would have guessed this. Does anyone know that this happened in 1949? So if you know this, kudos to you. I wanted to look up the longest run, run rushing touchdown in Pittsburgh Steelers history happened in 1949. Doubt you know the player because I never heard of him, but I really want to know if you know how long the run was. Does anyone want to take a guess on the player? Can you say that again, please? 49. The longest run rushing touchdown, I should the longest rushing touchdown in Steelers history happened in 1949. I'd never heard of this player before. And I wanted to know if you all got the, could get the actual yardage of the run. You know, I looked this up once a long time ago. Um, I'll make a guess. This guy might be a quarterback. I'm not sure. Was there a guy like Dick Shiner or something or. It's not Dick Shiner. <laughs> 
Was he I quarterback? He was what a name! Up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what a name! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a. <laughs> 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 Dave, do you have a guess? <laughs> Name, no. Although I did like uh, Lance Williams as Ryan Switzer. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you're looking uh, at you. That's a long time ago. Even Dennis was only five years old. Um, I'm I'm going to say for a distance. I'm going to say 89 yards. Okay, it's not 89 yards. The running back is Bobby Gage in 1949. It's not 89 yards. Brian Anthony Davis, take a guess for yardage. 97. You're correct. Reed had said it in the uh, live chat. It's 97 yards. Bobby Gage in 1949. We all remember the play, the play heard around the world. That's not true. Okay. Another part of my uh, real quick Steelers trivia is I looked up who has the most rushing yards in Steelers history. We all know that, right? Who is that, Dave? What was that? The most rushing, most yards? rushing yards in Steelers um, history. I'm going with Franco Harris. Absolutely. With 11,950. And who's in second, Brian? Jerome. Correct. With 10,571, which is pretty incredible when you think about how which, long. Which also lines up with the number of games played. Yes. If Franco was one and Bettis was two. Okay. Now, here was a crazy. This is not a trivia. How many? Oh, I guess I could make it a trivia. I was. I Franco Harris fumbled the ball 90 times. In his career, he scored 91 touchdowns and fumbled it 90 times. Jerome Bettis fumbled it 28. That's, I don't, I wasn't alive for Franco Harris's time in Pittsburgh. Was he known as a fumbler? Yeah, you were. What? You were alive for Frank. You know, you weren't cognizant, but you were alive. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't cognizant. I was born in 83. When did he leave Pittsburgh? After the 83 season. Okay. So you were alive. Just like okay. I was alive for the Immaculate Reception. I Anywho, anyways, <laughs> so is he known as a fumbler? Because my 90 fumbles? That's a, you got to remember, that's a different era when the defense was, was I mean. A hold on to the football. You're still getting yeah. tackled. I mean, You're there still were getting people hit that called him fumbling Franco. Uh, you know, but, you know, I, I don't think he was. I'm not bashing Franco. I'm just asking a simple question of I, I don't shit, think a he lot of times he put the ball on the carpet. As, I don't think he was known as <laughs> as a huge fumbler. Uh, if we could go back and podcast 40 years ago, I'm sure the live chat would be screaming oh, about boy. how we need to get rid of Franco because all he does is fumble. And he runs out of bounds. And he runs out of bounds. Yep. That's, That's all I had. Those two questions. Oh. So go ahead, Brian. What's your trivia before we call this a show? Well, before I get into my trivia question, Chuck Knoll's quarterback in 1969, his first season, went one and eight. That was like a one and thirteen season. They won their first game, and they uh, they lost the uh, the last thirteen games. So the winner of that first game, I believe, over the Detroit Lions, the quarterback was one Dick Shiner. He exists, <laughs> and he was the first quarterback of the Chuck Knoll era. So there you go. I just looked that up. Now let's go back to the sixties again. And we have one of the most famous running backs in Pittsburgh Steeler history. We've talked about these guys a lot, but one of the guys that we don't talk about when we talk about yardage gained, but he could probably be a hall of famer for a lot of other things that he did is Rocky Blyer. Would you agree on that? Probably one of the most fabled non 
Hall of Famers in Pittsburgh Steelers history. So Rocky Blyer, when he came into the league, he was wearing a different number before he went to Vietnam. Mm. And he changed to number 20 because of another player that ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. Preston Pearson had this number, so he couldn't get his he could not get his number 26 back and had to move to 20. I just I just told you the answer. You just told us the answer. <laughs> 26. The answer is 26. Is that right? Am I right? Jeff, you're correct. You're good at this. Yes. Oh, dear. Right. I'm not picking over for Trebek anytime soon. I get it. Oh, gee. Seattle has two oh, losses. My. Oh, my. <laughs> That's not a Seattle has two losses situation. That's a, oh, oh, my gosh. That but is Ronan got it. It's yeah. good. And uh, just so you know, Rocky <laughs> Blyer, third most games played at running back as a Steeler. There you go. Just so we're clear, if you want more laughter, if you want more jovial talk and talk about Lord knows what, join us for the after party. If you're on YouTube right now watching live, and that's youtube.com slash or BTSC Steelers radio. If you're watching live, just hang around. In about five minutes, you'll get another notification. If you're listening on audio, check back with Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're watching. And... It'll be around, around 1 o'clock p.m. And Crazy Chris has been just on this Des Bryant train the whole time. He puts a dollar ninety-nine into the tip jar and says, Can you guys see Des Bryant line up next to Juju? No, I can't. I tell you no. what. I here, here's the thing. Crazy Chris, if the Steelers sign Des Bryant, you could come on the show and gloat about it. <laughs> yeah. There, <laughs> there you, go. you go. Crazier things have happened. Well, hey, if, if you're not going to join us for the after party, that's fine. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers preview. But I hope. You all join us in a few minutes. We'll see you in a bit.